This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am broadcasting here from our local studio at the North Valley Church of Christ up here in Cave Creek, Arizona, just north of Phoenix. And we're very thankful that you were able to join us uh, this afternoon. And you're probably thinking about some of the same things uh, we're thinking about, and that is the new year. It's uh, just around the corner. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, we always get excited about this, uh, that the new year always brings... Well, a whole host of new things. It's almost like we have a clean slate to work with. So I want to have a program uh, this afternoon dealing with the new year and what that means. And I'm I'm sure you all noticed that each year, all those major news magazines you see on the rack at the grocery store, they all put out an issue with special pictorial sections recalling people, recalling events that made the news during the previous year. Uh, Some of those uh, uh, include articles by experts predicting what they expect to see happening in the years ahead. Some even go so far as to make predictions covering 10, 20, even more years into the future. Uh, There was a a few of those predictions uh, have proven pretty accurate. Others uh, couldn't have been more wrong. For an example, back in 1967, experts predicted that by the turn of the century, by the year 2000, uh, technology would have overtaken so much of the work we do that the average American work week would be only 22 hours long and that we would work only 27 weeks a year. As a result, one of our biggest problems would be in deciding what to do with all our leisure time. Did that prove to be true? Uh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I know as far as my work week goes, it's uh, a lot more than it was when I was younger. It seems to get busier and busier. In fact, most of us it seems to be more busy. We're always in a hurry. We walk fast. We talk fast. We eat fast. And then after we eat too often, we stand up and say, you know, guys, I appreciate it, but I got to go. And off we go. So here we are, the last few days of the year 2014, and I wonder how we'll do next year. Will we be as busy? Will we make better use of our time? And when 2015 is over, will we look back with joy or with regret? Will we be looking at the future with anticipation or with dread? You know what? There is a passage of Scripture that I believe that can help, uh, that can be of help to us as we look forward to the year 2015. And the passage I'm thinking of is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15, 16, and 17. And this is the passage uh, upon which I get the name of our program, Redeeming the Time. I'd like to read it to you. It says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. 
So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think in this passage, the Apostle Paul presents some important lessons that we need to consider. And first of all, we must be very careful how we live because our time on this earth is limited. <coughs> Excuse me for my coughing. I, I'm getting over the flu or a cold or something, but I apologize. But anyway, back uh, our, our first point, uh, we need to be careful how we live because our time on earth is limited. And it, it, Back in the Psalms, Psalm 39, verse 4, it says, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. And again, Psalm 90, verse 10. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone, and we fly away. Now, I realize that for some of us, 70 or 80 years sounds like a long time. In fact, I can remember when I thought anybody over 40 years old was old, but no longer. It is all rather relative at this point for me now. The psalmist also tells us uh, to number our days so that we will develop a heart of wisdom. And a few years ago, there was a a magazine, People magazine, they published an article uh, entitled Dead Ahead, telling about a new clock that keeps track of how much time you have left to live. Wouldn't that be neat if you had a clock that would tell you that? It calculates that an average lifespan of 75 years for men, 80 years for women. So you put in your sex and your age into the clock, and from then on it will tell you how much time you have left. It sold for $99.95. I did not buy one. But it is an intriguing idea. It's also somewhat similar to what the psalmist told us to do, number our days, right? Well, when I first read about that clock, I figured out, you know, if I live to be 75 years old, uh, that means I would have uh, 15,330 days left to live. But neither you nor I have a guarantee of even one day more to live. In fact, the Bible tells us not to count on tomorrow because tomorrow may not come for you or for me. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, all we have, you and I, is right now. So our time on this earth is valuable. It is valuable because it is very, very limited. Now Paul tells us that we must make the most of our time. And he gives a reason, because the days are evil. And making the most of our time, if you if you read from the New King James or King James, it says, redeem the time, like uh, the name of our program. You know, Jesus said that Satan is a robber and a thief. And one of the things he tries to rob from us is our time, because time is very is a very precious possession. Just think of the time wasted in sinning. Think of how much time is wasted in bars or in gambling casinos or in shallow affairs. 
Think of the time wasted in gossiping or spreading rumors. Or think about all the time wasted worrying about consequences of the sins we have committed. Satan is a thief. He is a robber. But it is not just sin that makes demands on our time. Sometimes even good things can make demands. Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He sat down to teach, and Mary was sitting at his feet just soaking in every word. Meanwhile, Martha was out in the kitchen preparing dinner. Now, if you, you know the story, it's found in Luke chapter 10. But Martha gets upset because Mary is not in the kitchen too, helping her out. So she complains in verses 40 to 42. She says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, was Martha committing a sin by fixing a meal in the kitchen? Well, no, of course not. But here's the problem. She was so preoccupied with uh, what she was doing that she didn't realize that God was in her living room. And that's the same mistake we make today at times. We get so caught up in the here and now that we fail to deal with the eternal things that will last forever. Richard Swenson, a medical doctor... He wrote a book in which he discusses one of the major maladies of our time. That is, anxiety and stress. He calls it overload. And he says that people are just plain overloaded. We're overloaded with commitments. We've committed ourselves to go here and there, to take part in this activity and in that social function. As a result, we soon begin... Uh, meeting ourselves coming and going because we have overloaded ourselves in the area of commitments. We're also overloaded with possessions, he says, and it creates more anxiety and stress. Our closets are full and our garage is overflowing. We've gone into debt uh, to pay for all these things that we simply must have. And then we're afraid that someone may, may steal them and we're overloaded in the area of possessions. Thirdly, we have an overload in the area of work, and that creates even more anxiety and stress. We get up early. We fight traffic. We experience intolerable working conditions because we have, because we have to if we're going to pay for all those possessions that we've accumulated. And then there is also information overload. The doctor says in this article that he has to read 220 articles a month just to keep up with all the changes in his profession. And now with the internet, there's an information superhighway. But the problem is that we can't possibly absorb all of it. So we feel an overload in this area as well. I could go on and on, but I think, I think you get the picture. There are so many demands on our time. So many good things that need to be done. But there are just 8,760 hours in the year. 
We do want to make the most of every opportunity. So what are we to do? Well, to answer that, Paul tells us, Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now think about that. What, what do you think that might be? What do you think God's will is for you in this new year coming up, the year 2015? Do you think that God wants your mind so saturated with worries and anxieties that you can't think spiritual thoughts? Do you think that he wants your calendar so crowded that you don't have time for the important things, such as the assembly on Sunday morning? What do you think God's will is for this coming new year? Well, maybe I can give you a couple of suggestions in order for just consider these things. Just consider them. <coughs> first of all, <coughs> excuse me. First of all, we need to establish our priorities. We need to establish our priorities. I'm assuming Uh, that since you're listening here to this radio program, that you believe God should be part of your life. Otherwise, you would have turned me off a while back. But you know there's something important there. But when you begin to establish priorities, you have to decide just where he stands in your life. So ask yourself this question. Who or what is most important in my life? Now, I'm hoping that your answer will be my relationship with God through Jesus Christ is most important to me. If so, then put that on top of your list of priorities and say, this, whatever is number one, this will affect my decisions. This will affect my scheduling, my relationship with others, and my whole outlook on life. No, Every decision I make will come to this priority first. Therefore... When Sunday rolls around, neither rain nor shine, nor football kickoffs, nor the Super Bowl will interfere with my being at the assembly Sunday morning because he comes first in my life. I'll worship the Lord, and nothing will interfere with that. But if that is not the number one priority in your life, it can be very obvious because whatever decisions you make, you have something you're basing it on. And so whatever time you spend somewhere else, and whenever you put something else above the will of the Lord, obviously that comes first in your priorities. It's easy to to deduct if you really want to put your mind to it, if you're willing to be honest with yourself. We also need to schedule some definite time each day to pray and to read his word. Let me say that one again. We need to schedule some definite time each day to pray and to read the Word of God. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family, for people around you. Pray for the church, the missionaries that are out there. You'll never know how much your prayers will mean to them, but you'll be blessed as you grow in your faith and trust in the Lord. But you must do this daily. You have to make that decision. It's between you and God. Your preacher can't force you. Your elders can't force you. We can encourage you and try to get you going in the right direction, but you have to make 
the decision. Number three, we must also spend time with our family. Every husband ought to have a date night with their wife. I also need to be better with this. This is some Jenny and I have been trying to get that going. I think we, we may try this on Friday nights, pizza and movie night, just us. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how well it works. Uh, <coughs> we started it in December, and of course, Christmas came along. I kind of disrupt that, but hopefully we'll get that back on the road this Friday. Maybe uh, maybe take her out to a nice restaurant or maybe at home. Just spend whatever it is. Spend some time together. Spend time with your children also. They're growing up so fast. These are precious moments. Don't let them get away. Make sure that you spend quality time with them. Make sure that your family is very high on the list. Not above the Lord, but it needs to be up there. Now, most of us have to work. Now, I think Christians ought to be good workers. When someone hires a Christian, they ought to know they're getting someone who will give them an honest day's work and not cheat them. Because we are Christians, we have a responsibility to the Lord to honor him even in the marketplace. So first of all, establish your priorities for the new year. Know what they are. I like to write down lists. Maybe you can do that too. Number two, once we have our priorities established, learn how to live today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Learn how to live today. The two greatest enemies of time are regrets for things we did in the past and anxiety about what will happen to us in the future. Many of us are living either in the past or in the future, in the uh, uh, in the here and now. But in fact, many of us are engaged in a little game of, I wish it were. I wish it were next week. Or I wish it were next month. Or some such thing. Kids go to school and say, boy, I wish this day were over. There was a girl, <clears throat> for a little story here, <coughs> there was a girl who went to college and, uh, and she just hated it. But she told herself, if I can ever get out of college and get married and have children, I know I'll finally be able to enjoy life. So she stuck with it. She went to classes every day and finally graduated from college. Then she got married. She had children and discovered that children are a lot of work. So she told herself, if I can just get these kids raised... Then I'll be able to relax and enjoy life. But about the time the kids were entering high school, her husband said, Guess what? We don't have enough money to send our kids to college. I guess you'll have to get a job, too. Well, she didn't want to, but she knew he was right, and they needed the money. So she went to work, and she hated it. But she told herself, If I can just get these kids out of college and get all the bills paid, then I can quit work and really enjoy life. Finally, the last child graduated from college and all the bills were paid. So she walked into her employer's office and said, I quit. And he said, oh, you don't want to quit now. If you stay with us just another eight years, you'll have a pension for the rest of your life. Oh, man. She thought long and hard. Well, I I don't want to work another eight years, but there's all that money there, and I really can't turn down the opportunity. 
So she worked for another eight years. Finally, she and her husband retired at the same time. They sold their home and bought a little retirement cottage. Then they sat down on the swing of their front porch, looked at the family picture album, and dreamed about the good old days. Someone said, Life is what happens to you while you are making plans to do something else. Another year has come and gone. A new year is stretching before us. In Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, it says this. Paul writes, Do this, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. What a beautiful set of words, and how true. Whatever it is this new year may bring to us, let us keep this close to our heart to lay aside the darkness and grab hold of that armor of light. But what is that? I think we know what the darkness is. That's the evil and the sin that we find in the world. Sometimes we find in our own life. We need to lay those things aside and avoid those things. But what is the armor of light? I believe the armor of light is going to be those things that we learn about Christ in his word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, Romans ten seventeen. And when we realize, when, we, when we're reading into the, in the Bible, and we begin to look deep into the words, and not just read it, but study it and bring it into our heart, and when we see it, the true power of the gospel, it'll change your life. You'll stop making decisions based on the experience of this world, and you'll start making decisions based on his word and upon his will. You'll die to self and live for Christ. And you'll be like those people in Acts chapter 2, when after they'd heard that sermon and realized that they had truly put the Son of God to the cross, and so they've heard They believed, they confessed that Jesus is truly the Lord, the Son of God. And so they asked, brethren, what must we do? How can they rectify this? And Peter made that simple statement to them in Acts 2.38. Repent, and each and every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is how you call on the name of the Lord. It's not simply a prayer. Is something we must do. Does this earn our salvation? No. We are but slaves to him. We only do what we ought to do, what he has asked of us, and nothing more and nothing less. But as our show of, of faith toward him. Do you want to change your life in the coming year? 
Do you want to truly die to yourself and live for Christ? It's a hard thing to do. And, and actually, in reality, it would be very easy to be a Christian. <clears throat> Did you know that? <clears throat> do you know what makes it hard to be a Christian? Living in this world. That's what makes it hard. It would be easy if we didn't have to be surrounded by all this sin and all this temptation and things that would draw us away. But it is there. This is the life that we have to live in. And that's why Jesus tells us, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Worry about today only, because tomorrow has enough trouble. Deal with now. Just be what I ask you to be. Give the cup of cold water. Visit the orphans and the widows and the sick and those imprisoned. Be a shining light. That is, reflect his nature in your life to the rest of the world, and you will fulfill that promise. Obey him like as a a slave would a master. Die to self and live for him. And we must do that now while we have opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, let us redeem the time. I want to thank you all for being with me this day, and thank you for all of you who've been listening to this program through our first full year in service. I want to thank uh, those over in KXXT, 1010 AM, and all the work they do there, and for uh, putting our program out there. We we air at Tuesday at 4 p.m. every week, but I know that the, they sometimes put our show out there on other times, and I appreciate them for doing that, and I hope that this uh, reaches the ears of those who are truth seekers and want to know more about the Word. And if that's you, if you want to know more about God's Word, I want to encourage you to go to our website, www.nvcoc.net. That stands for North Valley Church of Christ. And on there you can find a whole host of information about the congregation, about God's Word and study, and I hope maybe one day you can join us here in our home congregation when we meet every Sunday at 9.30 for class and 10.30 for worship. Thank you again for being here, but above all else, I want to thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has given us this time to hear more about His Word. Sitting up to sweep away till she'll done the better day. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. Till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.